Prepare foods in more helpful ways. Improve the health of others. Help people accomplish their goals. Be inspired by the stories you hear. Welcome to the hot sauce. Today, we are going to feature Sean Pitcher, a registered dietitian nutritionist that resides in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, welcome back to the hot sauce. Today, I have a fellow dietitian here. His name is Sean Pitcher. I've uh, seen him on social media, and I said, hey, why don't we have another guy come in and tell us a story? So we're going to put Sean in the hot seat here. And Sean, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and go for it. Let us know. Yes, sir. Super excited about it. So I'll kind of give you the roots to where I'm from. Uh, it's a small town called Endicott, New York, which you may never heard of before. Uh, we call it Empty Cot New York because we used to have IBM there, but they're long gone and gone somewhere else. It's about an hour south of Syracuse, so if you heard of the Syracuse University or Syracuse Orangeman, um, that kind of gives you an idea of where I am. Some kind of little fun facts about my town. Um, it's the original place where Dick's Sporting Goods started, and it has the most carousels in the country with seven. So we had an old uh, Johnson Shoe Factory that was there. Um, when he moved in, um, we had a lot of immigrants at that time come up from New York City, come up and work at the factory. Um, so essentially where I live, like a block away from me, we have a, a little Italy street. Um, we got bakeries, pizza, all sorts of gelatos, ice cream, everything you could possibly want is there. So that was really awesome uh, kind of growing up and being able to do that. I played athletics, uh, specifically football from seven years old all the way up into college. I played two years there. Um, I did a little bit of track and field as well on the side. Um, and you know, my, my story that caught me, got me into nutrition was I was an overweight kid. Probably doesn't look like it now, um, but I was going to Walmart with my mom, my grandmother. I was buying the Husky jeans in the Husky section, um, you know, super large waist. <laughs> and it got to the point where, you know, I've had some health, health background issues with my family. And my mom was like, let's go get some blood work done. Let's go get your annual testing and let's see where you're at. Uh, so I went to this physician, got my blood work, and a lot of my levels were abnormal, you know, around 12, 13 years old. Uh, again, I was pretty overweight for my size. And this, this physician at the time, you know, I, I still thank him to this day. I don't remember his name. Uh, probably wouldn't fly nowadays just because of how politically correct everyone has to be. But he straight up looked at me. He said, if you don't change what you're doing right now, if you don't start exercising, if you don't start eating better, if you don't change your lab levels, he's like, you're going to be in a huge situation and probably end up in the hospital or have some kind of disease state or problem as you progress along. So, you know, I looked at him at 12, 13 years old, like, uh, I don't want that to be me <laughs> because my um, mom's side of the family, you know, all the women die, have died from cancer, all the men have died from heart disease, or I have the other side of my dad's family where I could live to a hundred years old. So I got a 50, 50 chance, depending on where I'm going to end up when I get to them. Um, so at that point, right, I was just trying to figure out, like, I was trying to see what are all the possible things I could do to figure out how to get incorporated to resistance training and exercise, like what articles are out there for nutrition. Um, so my father was probably the most active out of his family, played three or four different sports, um, was really heavy into resistance training and exercising. So he's the one that originally got me into the gym. Uh, I've been a gym rat ever since. And then, you know, I was just... Online was coming at the time, AOL, if anybody remembers that, going on, going on bodybuilding.com and all these different sites and just trying to read whatever nutrition information I could. So at that time, 
Um, I got really fortunate when I was in high school. We had a teacher there who taught home ec, cooking, and nutrition classes. And her daughter was also a dietitian, is still currently a dietitian in Boston. So when I was looking at, you know, what is my path essentially going to be? I really liked sports. I wanted to do something athletics. I wanted to do something that was going to help people. Um, so when I met with her and did those classes and I met with my counselor, you know, he's like, here's the schools where you can still do football and here's the schools where you can still do nutrition. Um, so that kind of like really narrowed down my opportunities in New York to where I was going to go. And that ended up leading me to going to Buffalo State where I did my undergrad. Uh, so I played football there for two years um, and had three concussions. So my coach came up to me at that time and he was just like, hey, you know, uh, if, I were, if you were my son, this is Division Three football. You're not going to get a scholarship anywhere else. You're probably not going to go play in the pros. Um, you, you might want to focus on your career in your school and just keep it to that because you have a long journey, a long career ahead of you where we need to focus on that. So when you're an athlete, though, transitioning from film sessions and weight room sessions and practice and competition and being around your teammates and having a brotherhood, and now you have none of that, it's, it's a very challenging transition. You know, it, it's hard to know what to do because you have all this time on your hands. So... At the time, we had a strength conditioning coach come in um, that got hired as the head strength coach. So that time that I had a void, I was able to fill it with him. Um, so that he was kind of my mentor when I was sophomore, junior-ish year um, in my undergrad in college. And I also come from a, a pretty poor, low economic background too. You know, besides my cousin and my brother, we don't really have anyone else in my family that went to college. So all this stuff I was really learning and figuring out on my own. And, you know, my parents didn't know that you could get your master's, get it paid for, do a graduate assistant position. Um, so that's really where Nate Young stepped in there. He's like, hey, you can get your master's paid for. Like, people are going to give you a stipend. You're not going to have to use your money or, or, or put more money into loans to do this. Like, And there's tons of them out there and gave me all these different sites and stuff that I could do to apply for that. So at the time, sports nutrition was still pretty challenging. There wasn't a ton of fellowships, graduate assistant positions, paid internships. Uh, that you could essentially do. I, I did have one professor, Dr. Donation, uh, who had some experience in sports nutrition. She is you know, not only a dietitian, uh, she has background in kinesiology and exercise science, and she also has her doctorate. Um, you know, she connected me with a couple private practice sports dietitians in the field, and then they connected me with some other people. And then that's kind of how I came to figure out like, all right, what schools have it? What does it take to get into it? Um, and I didn't start out with sports nutrition from the jump. Like when I got done at Buffalo State, I ended up going and did a strength conditioning internship because that was the opportunity that I had at the time. Uh, kept applying for GA positions and then I ended up getting a spot at Pittsburgh State University um, where they had just built a brand new facility, new weight room, new indoor track and field. Um, the position was a dual position where I was a graduate assistant strength coach, but then I was also uh, a graduate sports dietitian at the same time. Um, they had worked through a hospital there, and that allowed us to get money to open a small fueling station in the weight room, which at the Division II level at that time was pretty unheard of. No one was really doing that, so that was a really unique Huge. Right. Yeah. experience and opportunity to do that. Um, and then I was there for about a year and a half, uh, was able to graduate early, transitioned on to University of Mizzou uh, for a sports nutrition internship. 
So that was a big jumping point. SEC school, you know, I was getting a lot of feedback, like you can get an ACC or SEC school on your resume and you can you do a good job and you can have a, a really good um, mentor there or, or someone that can give you some feedback to the next spot you can go to. That's definitely going to help your chances as you progress along. Uh, so I transitioned there from to Columbus, Ohio, uh, where I worked at Nationwide Children's Hospital. A lot of hospitals nowadays are, are opening these sports medicine departments where they're having access to the huge one is athletic training in high school, which is a huge concern. Um, but they're also opening opportunities where you can get strength and conditioning um, services, sports nutrition services. Um, so I transitioned in this role where I did sports performance. Uh, we were contracted at the time to three different high schools. And then I was supposed to do some nutrition as well. Didn't pan out to happen. Met a really good contact and connection there at the time, uh, Dr. Matt Frakes, who's now the uh, dietitian at LSU for football. Um, you know, he ended up transitioning to Ole Miss, and he said, "Hey, I, they have another GA position, PhD position, at Ole Miss. Like, do you want to come down here?" And I'm like, "Hey, another SEC school. They're going to give me a stipend. They're going to pay for stuff. Like, what do I? What do I got to lose? Why not?" Call them up. Uh, he put my name in. I don't know what he said still to this day. He hasn't told me. But the director, the director called me, and uh, I didn't even visit. She's just like, can you be here at this date? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, you need to fill out this paperwork by this date and be here by this time, and we'll have everything else covered. And I just showed up at his apartment or his house in, at Ole Miss, stayed with him for quite a while so I could get my feet on the ground and find a place for myself. And here I was at Ole Miss working with five different teams. You know, transitioning to that. Um, I got to the point, though, where the schooling part was just absolutely burning me out mentally. Um, I was just trashed there. You know, when you're going from high school and then you're just going to like seven years of college and you're getting zero break. And, you know, with the financial issues that come into play, you know, you're just living day to day on stipend checks. You're, you're probably trying to work a part time job. Um, to essentially keep afloat, that gets really tiring after a while and really stressful. Either you're not only you're stressed with school, you're stressed with your graduate assistant position, you're stressed that you have no money, you're stressed that you're having to live off of whatever food you can get. Um, you know, I grew up going to food banks, having food stamps, so at least I had the knowledge. Like I don't have a lot of money or income, so I can qualify for some of these things. So I mean, I'm not ashamed of it. Like I was even in college and like I was utilizing these services because. I didn't have any money. Like I had to pay rent and I had to eat <laughs> and I had to give gas to go from point A to point B. And then I had to focus on school and all the rest of the stuff. Like I didn't really have time to do a lot of everything else. Um, and then at that point, you know, she, I was there about a year and I was like, I don't think this like PhD route is for me. Right. And, and my mentor there, the director, she's like, you've got your masters, you've got your credentials, you've got some SEC experience. Um, she goes, honestly, like it shouldn't be very hard for you to like, get a position somewhere um, and she goes again if you need a reference like no problem uh, so I ended up at IMG Academy after that which is probably one of the, the largest um, sports academies in the country you know at the time when I was there there was about 1200 to 1300 athletes in total and who knows they could be getting up to 14 to 1600 athletes probably in the next few years but uh, I worked with four different sports there my primaries were football we had two teams when I was there. We got up to four teams. So you can imagine, let's say somebody working Alabama football and like you just work with that one team. Well, I was doing all the food and planning for four different teams. 
So we could have a game on Thursday. We could have a game, two games on Friday. I could be in Alabama while having to communicate for what to do on the game on Friday. And then we could have another game on Saturday. So I could be in a whole different place. We've got to communicate with all these staff and coaches to make sure all the food is, is in the right places, snacking, all the other different entities that we were able to do. Or it could be I'm working a game Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. On Saturday. And then, oh, here it's Sunday, but you got to plan ahead and be prepared because you have four teams. So if you're not doing something on Sunday, you're probably going to be behind. <laughs> you can't risk it. Um, we had soccer, too. So I worked with boys soccer. That was 12 teams. So 350 kids to myself. A little bit crazy. Um, but even with five dietitians, it was still really insane ratios. Um, kind of progressed up the ladder there. I was at the point where I'm like, I'm ready for that kind of director role, be able to like head a department. Um, and the last position I was most recently at was, was overtime elite. Uh, so they were a startup basketball league. Um, probably any kid that's, you know, below 21 years old, if you say overtime, I can guarantee you to exactly know who we're talking about and what we're talking about. Um, when I was at my last conference, uh, sports nutrition conference, um, everyone was coming around to me to ask what my logo was and who it was. And probably anyone that was like 25 or above had no clue what it was. <laughs> so it just goes to show you like the, the, their ability to target that specific age group and market. They're doing a really good job at, but, um, you know, over the two years I was there, had a great group of practitioners that I worked with. I'm still very thankful for having the opportunity to work with them. Uh, we were able to, to produce with them, the coaches, the staff there, five NBA guys. So we had three guys currently right now that are on uh, two-way or two-way contracts, and then we had uh, two twin brothers that got drafted in the top five um, to the Pistons and the Rockets. So I don't know anywhere else, even a college that's putting out that much talent and that amount of time and being a startup at the same time. So you know, to to build that department for nutrition from scratch or just the department over from scratch was a very fun experience. Um, the resources, the opportunities, the things I was able to do there that I was never able to do at a lot of my previous places just because they didn't have that those things available um, was another good stepping stone for myself. Um, but, you know, now here we are. I'm transitioning, doing a little bit of private practice. Um, you know, my fiance and I would, would like to probably eventually get into, you know, the tactical space just because working athletics 69 hours a week, you know, you want to start a family. Um, you eventually want some flexibility and you want something that's going to pay you pretty good for the amount of time and work that you put in, but also not kill you and then have no time to be able to develop or spend time with your family. So we're kind of in that process now where we're making that transition. I know that's a really long to the long. Well, hey, hey, I, 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 I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. That was awesome. I, I think what's fascinating is that you have done something that I think a lot of people are might be a little leery as you moved around because opportunity presented itself and you jumped into it. And I mean, you went from Endicott to, let's see, you you were you went to Buffalo State, then you went to Mizzou, and then you went to Oxford, and then you ended up at IMG. And where were you doing overtime elite? Are you, were you still uh, in Bradenton or did you? Atlanta, Georgia. So you, and then you moved to Atlanta. So you've moved around. You moved yes. around. I could imagine doing it now, because just of how expensive everything is. Like everything has just it's gone through the roof after COVID and inflation. And I, I really feel bad for people that are doing internships and in GA positions now. Like I don't know how they're, they're surviving. Like they have to either be living with somebody that's like a staff or they're having to live with probably like two or three other people because, I mean, 
Like, if, like let's say you live in an apartment here and it's like $2,000 for one bedroom bath, but then you can go somewhere out Midwest and pay one third or half that price. Like, so right. like just the, right. the market for stuff is just all over the place. You know, you could be. It's a, it's a young person's game. That's what this is. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was similar. Cause I, when I was in grad school, I was like, Oh, I could be a grad assistant and you know, coach soccer and do all these things. And then I was like, uh, like, do I want to be a struggling person or I probably should just jump in the job market. So, all right, well, cool. Well, no, I, I greatly appreciate it. That was awesome. That was awesome here. I loved it. Um, no, especially IMG, like you, you get in the cream of the crop over there. So that's pretty, pretty awesome to get to see your work manifest out for the most part. I know you yeah. don't get everybody, but you get, you're getting a good amount of people there that are, that are solid. I could say there for sure. So, you know, we had those, they kind of broke them up into different teams. Like if I look at football there, we had a, a post-grad, a blue team, a white team, and then you had a national team. So anytime you okay. saw the title national, that was typically your athletes that are your, your four and five star athletes. Like those are the athletes yeah, that are, are probably them. going there, getting their schooling paid for. Um, you know, they're probably getting, who knows, 15 to 30 different offers. I mean, we had times where Kirby Smart flew in on a helicopter and landed on the field. Um, you know, Nick Saban could be showing up one day on the field, just standing there. I mean, you really didn't know who or what you were going to see just because we had so much talent in one area. All the coaches would just come there. And I mean, they they know what they're looking for. They can talk to the coaches. I mean, probably in 10, 15 minutes, a lot of times they would just pull a guy over because they watched probably some film or stuff beforehand. Hey, we want to offer you a scholarship, like right there on the spot. So like that was pretty, that was pretty wild to see. And, and we got to do all sorts of fun stuff. You know, a lot of times when we went out of town to different cities, uh, they try to provide a really good experience for these guys. You know, we could be at the Eagles training facility and doing our, our warm up and doing our pregame stuff before the day before, or we could be playing at Rutgers University for a game against St. Joe's. Like you just really, you really didn't know. So for me, like um, not ever having those experiences or really never being to those places, like that was just as fun for me that it was like the players. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it's fascinating because I think anybody that follows sports would be like, wow, like look at Nick Saban, look at Kirby Smart, look at these people coming in. It's like, well, these are the guys on TV and you're right. They have the pick of whoever they want. So you're getting a fuel of them. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so cool. Well, let me ask you this. Since you've, since you've delved into the you know sports nutrition world, what would you say has been um, one of the more enlightening and one of the more humbling aspects of being in this sports nutrition world? Oh man, for me, it's just watching my players succeed at the next level. Uh, you know, I was at IMG there for three years. You know, I, you know, if you think about, it, I have had 50 to 53 guys on the national team, and that doesn't even count the other three teams where guys went to college. So at any given time right now, if you were to turn on the TV for a college football game, I can, I can probably tell you at least one player that's on that team that I've worked with at IMG, which is like crazy to think about. Like last weekend, right? Jaha Campbell, Alabama, player of the week, got a fumble recovery, made a touchdown. Like, you know how exciting that is? Like to see your player right there on TV succeed, or, you know, we have a, another player I worked with. He's with the Eagles right now. They've had a lot of injuries at corner, and he was an undrafted free agent, got picked up, and he's been pl having playing time and even starting the last couple games. Or Another couple Alabama guys, J.C. Latham, uh, Tyler Booker. J.C. I think is projected top 25 um, going into this year. So, you know, the, the, the fact that in a, in a brief period of time, 
I was be I was able to make an impact on their lives, not as only as just an athlete, but just to help them become a better human. And I obviously didn't do it alone. You know, all the staff that I worked with contributed to helping that specific individual. And you know, they may not have never keep a communication with us long term. You know, that we may never have that relationship past the point of where we were at IMG Academy. Um, and or sometimes you may get a random message out of nowhere, which I have before. You're like, I've got athletes messaging me like two years after and like I haven't talked to them and they're just like hey I just want to let you know like whatever we did there has prepared me and put me in a better position than I ever thought I was going into it um, you know we have another linebacker Jordan Hall is at Michigan State he's starting as a freshman he's already becoming a leader he'll probably be a captain next year I wouldn't be shocked um, but same thing the guys who take advantage of the opportunities that are given to them and the practitioners and staff that are given to them typically are going to get the best response and be a lot farther ahead than most other individuals. Um, and, and a lot of times too, the other thing that's really great to hear back as well is just talking to other staff that have these athletes that we've worked with, you know, to get a call from a dietitian and say like, Hey, I don't know what you did there, but like this guy or this girl is like, they're fantastic. Like we don't have to really do much. They're scheduled, they're routine. They know they're supposed to fuel They're you know, getting sleep and hydration is important to them. You know, they have a really good mindset on what they're supposed to do day in, day out. Like they put a lot of work up and effort in. It's like you, you couldn't really ask more than that. Um, and that's our hope, right? Our hope is as they can tr continue to transition through those levels that we're making it easier and easier and easier for the next person that gets them. Because we know a lot of these athletes that come to colleges or even come to the pro setting come from really challenging backgrounds, poor economic backgrounds. They may not have some type of mentor or a father figure as well. Um, so you really don't know what type of personality, baggage, or, or situations that you're going to deal with as they come in. First, if they're coming from us, even though they may have a lot of those concerns and issues, we've at least prepared and provided them the tools to be able to handle those situations in the moment, to know what to do, and to know how to react to those things in a positive manner versus a negative manner that may affect them. Uh, which. We've seen that time and time again, right? The guys that don't have those tools, um, you know, whether it's getting arrested, getting suspended, doing something that wasn't right to somebody else, um, just trying to limit and avoid those things as much as possible, so we can put out the best possible. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome. I, I'd like to say uh, I know this is your podcast. I'm going to just tell a quick story, real quick, because I, I find it fascinating. Is that in the uh, you know we were. My, my fondest memory as a youth athlete was, you know, growing up in New Orleans playing soccer. And we're about to play a finals. We're like 16 years old. And my team, before finals, it's like 95 degrees outside. And all of us are sitting there eating Whoppers and Big Macs <laughs> before we play. And we're just stretching. We're stretching. <laughs> you, and I think you know, we're just sitting there eating and having the time of our life. And we're about to go play. We won, but it's just kind of funny because I think a lot of um, sports nutrition wasn't as prevalent. So now it's like, okay, you know, and, and like you said, you are working with some uh, very genetically blessed individuals who can perform at a high level without the nutrition piece. It's just the nutrition piece gives them a little more focus and background. To, it's another solid foundation in their, you know, in their path. Yeah, we, so. we try to tell them from the start, it's just this is only going to last so long. Like eating that Whopper, eating Chick-fil-A for three times, three times a day. That's great. But wait till you get to the higher levels, wait till you get to college, wait till you get to pros. 
you're now not the best person anymore. Everybody's right. on the same playing field as you or they're better than you. So right. what is going to allow you to be able to stay available and stay in the field? Because that's the hardest thing out of everything. You know, if you're training two to four hours a day, what are you doing to recover the other 20 to 22 hours a day? What are you right. doing to be able to show that you're durable for someone to pay you the, who knows, 60, 70, 80, $100 million contract? You know, right. if you're injured all the time and you can't even stay in the league for two years or you have a college career and you're hurt the first two years, people are probably going to lose trust in you because you're not taking care of your body. And what I call like your body is your business. Like what, what investments are you making every single day to allow you to carry out the goal and the process and the ultimate thing that you want to eventually get to? And those investments have to happen daily. They can't just happen when you want them to happen. Hydration doesn't right. stop. Sleep doesn't stop. Fueling doesn't stop. You have to do them every single day, whether you're an athlete or not an athlete. So you either optimize and prioritize and, and, and put a lot of effort into those now and learn those at a young age, which I know is can be very challenging for the adolescent team group because that's not always a priority in their head. But if you can start sprinkling some of those things in and they can start seeing the improvements and the benefits, hopefully you can lock in uh, a lot more of those behaviors than not. And then they keep building and progressing and adding those building blocks on top of that as they go along. But, you know, every, every athlete kind of does thing at their own pace. You know, I've had athletes where it takes, you know, a couple weeks, couple months. I've had athletes where I've been work, I work on stuff for like a year or more and they maybe changed. I went from eating no breakfast to two times a week and I was eating all junk snacks and now I included one good snack. And most people would look at that and say, well, like you didn't really make much progress with him. Like how was he going to do that for that long? And he didn't change these things. Like that's still something he wasn't doing that he's doing now. So that's still an improvement, whether you think it is or not. No, it's, it's progress. It's progress. That's working with people. People will yep. change when they're ready to change or they don't, you know? And yeah. Absolutely. So cool. All right. Well, next question for you. Um, if you could do it all over again uh, in your career, what do you think you would change or what would you keep the same? I wouldn't change anything. I've been fortunate to have a ton of really good mentors along the way. Um, every place I've tried to take time to have conversations with the people that brought me there uh, to learn something from them. I may not agree with everything, uh, but if there's a couple of nuggets that I can add that helps to build and develop my philosophy and the way I carry myself and what I do, um, that's gonna continue to help progress me throughout my year. Uh, as I progress throughout my career. And then also as well, like it, it's, it, the game is building networks and building connections. You know, I, I have so many connections because I've taken the time out of my day to talk to someone for 15, 30 minutes, an hour, phone call, FaceTime, at conferences. You know, a lot, my big thing I, I try to tell practitioners coming in the field, like once a year, twice a year, go through your phone and reach out to everybody you know and just ask how they're doing because you literally don't know if that's gonna to lead to an opportunity later on in life because they're like this person every single year, even though I don't really know them very well, is taking the time out of their day to ask how I am. Which, if you think about it, that's very uncommon. People don't do that a lot of times. We, we have a challenging time with individuals communicating, with following up, like building those relationships because everyone's stuck on social media and stuck on text messaging. So if you can divide yourself apart from the commonalities or the trends that are happening right now, you're gonna set yourself apart. Cause that's what everyone asks. Like, why would I hire you? What are you gonna do that's different that I don't, that I'm not doing? What do you do that's different that the person I just had was doing, who did a really good job? 
And like that's the thing you need to figure out how you can separate those to put you in that position so you can get hired for those jobs that you want to get to. Um, you know, when I was younger, all the stuff that I've done so far, I could have told you at 16, 18 years old, I would have said none of this would have never happened. Um, I think a lot of it comes from being poor, being a low economic background. Um, I come from two parents who worked very hard, but also dealt with a lot of medical issues as well. So, you know, dealing in a household that was parents were separated, both were dealing with medical issues. I mean, there was one time where I had a, me and my brother had to take care of ourselves because both of our parents were in the hospital at the same time. So when you, I find athletes, practitioners, ones who deal with a lot of challenges and struggle and in and situations where it's tough, tend to be the more resilient individuals that tend to come on top. Um, whereas the individuals now that don't get those exposures and just expect everything to be handed to you and expect people to like give you jobs and give you this and that, well, I'm sorry to say you're probably in for a really rude awakening because that's not how the real world is. That's not how real life is. If you don't do something you're supposed to do, you're probably gonna get fired because you're not doing your job. Not because of whoever you are, what it is, is like, you didn't do your job. I need someone to accomplish this job. So we're getting rid of you. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to give you a pass or seven tries or like you could do X, Y, and Z. And then we're going to keep you on the, the team. It's like, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. No, cool. No, I, I, I appreciate your answer. I, like I said, I always throw this question out and people sometimes are like, ah, so no, it's, it's, it's cool. Cause I, I think uh, we all have our own unique individual journeys and mm -hmm. And you're absolutely correct. I mean, I appreciate the resilience story because that's what drives a lot of people to keep moving forward. You know, you got to have some resilience in you. So awesome. All right. So next question. What, I, I know you hinted at it earlier, but what does the future hold for you? Yeah. So I want to continue to keep helping dietitians develop, especially younger dietitians in the future. Um, you know, with sports nutrition, Food service is a very critical component, right? If we're going to make recommendations, how to eat, what to eat, when to eat, nutrition timing, like we need to make sure the food is in place. But we also don't need to be stuck behind making smoothies and just being the cafeteria. Um, there's a lot more that we can provide to organizations than just handing out food, right? Um, sports science part, you know, is, is in my eyes is very huge. Being able to look at data, apply it and educate and then be able to have them put that into practice is super huge to me. I think that's a big opportunity that more sports dietitians can get involved with. So, you know, asking asking lots of questions, getting to know your other practitioners around you uh, is also, I feel, very important as well. Having an interdisciplinary approach. You know, if you're in a silo, uh, if you don't know what you're worth, <laughs> if you don't know <clears throat> how these other people can assist you, uh, it's gonna be probably very challenging doing stuff all on your own. Um, so that's, you know, the one reason why I made my podcast, the Roots podcast, is I'm trying to, you know, bridge the gap between practitioners. So that's why I bring in all sorts of different levels of practitioners, different practitioners from, you know, different disciplines. You know, I, I've most recently had on uh, the, the world leader in anthropometrics. I've got a first responders dietitian coming on, um, the beef council, strength conditioning coaches, sports science, like whoever I can get on just so like, hey, we're all here to just support and help our organization that we're here to support and help the athletes. If we can do that, their athletes are going to be in a much better position as they transition forward, going to whatever they want to do. If we can't work together, that's hurting ourselves. That's hurting the org. That's hurting the value of what we do. And then that's going to essentially affect the athletes. And we're all getting hired to help the athletes. So 
come to a commonality, push your egos aside, um, and figure out a way where we can come together and be able to have the opportunity to do that. Uh, for me, transition-wise, like we talked about a little bit earlier, I'm doing some private practice work right now in Atlanta, um, and then the goal is to hopefully have transition here into the tactical space. So my fiance, uh, soon to be wife in May, is a strength and conditioning coach. Uh, so we call ourselves the power couple. You got the strength and nutrition all in one. Uh, so you know we're we're the unit, we're the package. So wherever we go, uh, we always say like we're going together. So if you want us, you're gonna have to take both of us. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> Okay, cool. No, and I and I, you know, I love the I love the collaborative nature because you're absolutely correct. This is what helps us grow as a, as a group. It's I I feel very strongly that uh, we're all in the same battle together, trying to Im- improve people's health and wellness. And you know, you're in the sports world. I'm usually dealing with the older population and quality of life. We, you know, we want people to thrive. So so I love the fact that you're trying to bring other people in. And make it a collaborative effort. That's awesome. And there's no secrets. Well, I can talk to you. Good. good. Sorry. How no, good? There's there's no secrets. So everyone wants to keep these secrets and keep all this information to yourself. Like share the wisdom, share the experience. Let other people know what you're doing. It doesn't mean they're going to be able to do it as good as you can, but if they can pick up something from it and that helps them, well, why not share that information with them? Like I don't know. You know, no use hiding it. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, you you're a uh, Considering all of your experience here, you've done a lot of things that many people have not done. And I'm sure some people might come up to you and say, how can I be like you, you know, out of school? Yeah. And they don't know that, you you know, you, you've been in the trenches. You've kind of traveled all over the place, which some people have, uh, you know, there's, it's a sad stat that I think many people never leave their zip code, um, you know. Yeah, they, they get they get stuck in those areas. We we did a uh, presentation. Uh, I had a connection at Georgia State, um, and it was myself and and four other dietitians. And she's like, she told her class like, "Hey, we're bringing these four dietitians on a virtual call. They're going to give you the real behind what it takes to becoming a sports dietitian." And I and I hope those individuals this year that listen to that, every single person in that call was real, raw, honest, and to the point. Like they didn't fluff anything. They said like, if you want to get into this, this is what you're going to have to face. And this is what you're going to have to do. If this is not for you, then you might want to go find a different profession because we love it. Like we don't think it's a job. We just go in and we love what we do every day. But like, yeah, we deal with a lot of these different challenges and stressors. But if you can get it to a point where it doesn't feel like it's a hassle and you're not struggling and it's not something that's really putting a big tamper on your day or like ruining your life, you're probably gonna like love it and be able to do it for multiple different years, but you got to figure that out now. Versus, oh, I'm gonna keep doing it. I think it's like sunshine and rainbows, and it's not. Right. Well, it's got to be fun. If it's not fun, it'd be hard to have a long longevity in it. So. You can't sustain. You'll get burnt out. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Sean. I I could chat with you all day. Uh, we I, I see we're both on the same chill vibe here. Final question for you. Any words of wisdom for the next generation of dietitians? Okay, here's, here's some, some quick to the point. Get hands-on experience and learn how to apply the information that you've actually learned into real practice. Don't sit behind a book for four years and then don't apply it. That's, like, that's the quickest way you can get ahead of your peers if you learn how to actually put it in a real, real place. Um, learn how a business and department actually works so you can learn how to communicate with those individuals and how the structure works. So if you have to build out or develop your own apartment, 
you know how to do that or have someone you can communicate with. Learn different roles in different sports. Don't just get stuck on the big three, baseball, basketball, football. Uh, communicate, communicate, communicate. I can't overemphasize over-communicate. Don't hide behind your phones. Go talk to people face-to-face. Don't hide behind emails. Go talk to people face-to-face. If you want an answer, go get the answer. Don't wait for the answer to come to you, and then you can't get what you need to get done. Have a growth mindset. Um, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to say no if you don't feel like it's something that you should be doing because you don't have the resources ability to do it. Know what you're worth. You know, don't go in a position and get paid forty thousand when that position is really like an eighty to a hundred thousand dollar job, and you have six to six plus years of experience. And ask lots of questions. Never be afraid to ask a question. Don't think it's a dumb question. Um, and this one thing I heard that I thought was really unique, I forgot what it was on, it was on a video, but a lot of times you go and ask people, well, how was your day? How are you doing? Um, and this, this set of parents, they, what they did every day with their children was, what did you learn today? How did you get better today? Right? And by asking that question, right, that then made the children go and ask questions every day and want to get better each day. Versus, I'm fine, I'm okay, I'm good, and then you don't really get a conversation and response out of it. So try to find different little things. It doesn't have to be something massive every day. Find different little ways where you can improve each day. Awesome. Well, with that being said, I greatly appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Before we end this video, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor. It's me. Your greatest gift if you are watching this on YouTube is to like, comment, subscribe, ring the notification bell, and share this content. If you are listening on a podcast platform, please share away. And of course, if you want to buy me a coffee, you can go to buy me a coffee and share a beverage my way. And if you want to purchase one for the guests that I just interviewed, send it my way and I will get it to that individual. Thank you very much for watching and have a great rest of your day.